why don't you break down Mondi Ring first for all of our listeners? Mondi Ring is a competitive protection sport. Like all of them has some discipline of obedience, jumping, and protection scenarios. It's a themed event, so every trial you go to is going to be a different theme. The Nationals this year was Carnival, so, you know, lots of clowns and props and fun stuff. I do love the generalization aspect. I think more so than, like, Schutzen is very whatever it's called now, uh, is very precision-based, mm-hmm. right? Very um, competitive obedience in, in that degree. Mondeering is less about straight fronts and more about can you retrieve this insane thing? Uh, right. Can your dog make it through a very long, complicated scenario? So I like that about it. Go and get it with no hesitation. This that never quit. Start that elevation. This that process. This that in the making. This that started from the what is up everyone we are here with another episode of elevated canine podcast and today i am here with my friend shana kayla and jess who uh were just competing at the mondial ring nationals so uh yeah what's up how are you guys doing good good great why are you so stiff (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh anyways why don't we just uh go down the line and we go Just a little bit about yourself, kind of where you started with dogs and, you know, go from there. Okay. Um, Yeah. So I have been in dogs for 12 years now. Um, Started out with a German Shepherd that um, I dabbled in Schutzund with, did an APR1. Uh, Very quickly, uh, when living in Colorado, met Lisa Lucero, got a job with her and within six months had a Malinois, uh, did Mondiering. He is couple time MR3, I don't know how many times, um, nationals last couple of years, been on the podium. I now have a level one Malinois that's just coming off her second litter. And so we just wrapped up that. Awesome. Yeah. Kayla. Um, I am a registered vet tech and I work at Ohio state university. Um, and so I've been involved with dogs for, um, a little over a decade in that sense, but, uh, just in monitoring for about five years, um, a little bit longer. I've been auditing, but Jess over here got me into it. We went to high school together, so um, she got a Malinois and told me about this sport, and she teased me all the time, like, when are you going to get a Malinois? And I'm like, I'm not getting a Malinois. And then now? Now I have two, and I'm expecting my first litter. (laughs) 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 And I train with Heartland Working Dog Club in um, Eaton, Ohio. Nice. Jess? All right. I trained with West Penn. I actually started with uh, Connie Corso. So I got him and I was denied from probably five different Schutzen clubs in the area. One telling me that their insurance wouldn't cover my breed of dog biting. I feel like I've heard this before. Uh, Yeah. So um, I was a little bit discouraged, but I wanted to do something because the dog was, you know, he was into it and it was fun, but I wanted to do it at a little bit more of a, you know, playful level, not Mm -hmm. such a serious level. I ended up finding um, David Broderick's number on the internet associated with West Penn somehow. And he got me hooked up with Todd and all over from there. So Todd gave me my first dog, um, whose name was Envy. He's at a police department now. Um, So I got one, I got one leg of his level two on him, sold him to a police department. And now I have Badger, who is a four time MR3 dog. Nice. Awesome. So why, why Mondioring? I mean, what, 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 let's just, why don't you break down Mondioring first for all of our listeners, uh, break it down and then we'll go from there. Okay. That's a lot of pressure. Um, so Mondioring is a competitive protection sport. Um, you know, like all of them has some discipline of obedience, jumping and protection scenarios. Um, Mondioring is different in that it's a themed event. So every trial you go to is going to be a different theme. The nationals this year was carnival. Um, so, you know, lots of clowns and props and fun stuff to me, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people that has a huge respect for all protection disciplines. I think they're all very difficult in their own way. Um, so I'm not one of those that's going to say like our, our sports, the Supreme sport. Um, but I do love the generalization aspect. I think more so than like Schutzen is very, whatever it's called now, uh, is very precision based, mm-hmm. right? Very, um, competitive obedience in, in that degree. Mondeering is less about straight fronts and more about can you retrieve this insane thing? Uh, right. Can your dog make it through a very long, complicated scenario? So I like that about it. Got it. Anything you want to add? Um, I think the thing that hooks everybody about it is is the object card. I think that when you are watching Mondeering, because it's not just a basket, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Can you, can you break that down? So like for the people that are 
people that are listening probably since Mondo Ring is not very popular like out in this area. So can you explain kind of what the object, what the goal of the object guard is and how Mondo Ring is different than others? Yeah. So, um, the object guard, the dog has to work independently. So you, the judge will pick an object of their choice at level three. It's at level three only. Um, so like we had at nationals this year, it would look like a bird perch with a bunch of different balls and stuff hanging off of it. So some of the things are really awkward for the dogs to stand on. They work independently. You set them and the handler will go hide from the dog and they have to bite, um, three separate times. Two, just the decoys, one with accessories of the judges choosing too. So it can be water. We had a squeaky chicken at our last trial and a bunch of ribbon accessories. So it's at, um, there is a one meter and two meter circle around that the dog has to bite and then retreat. So the decoy will come in, mm -hmm. the dog goes and bites preferably within two meters and then has to retreat back to the object. Is that full points within two meters? With, I believe yeah. so. Yes. It's a two and five, I believe. It's a circle. two and five. Yeah. Yep. So you have partial points for five meters. Got it. And it's, uh, I, I, I know before, I don't know if it has to be like that in level three, is it two decoys or is it, or can it be just one decoy? It's two decoys. Got it. So yeah. So, and the difference between Mondial ring and French ring is that it's two decoys and we use an accessory in Mondial ring compared to French ring. There's no accessories yeah. and it's just one decoy, I believe. On a basket. On a, on basket. a basket. On a yeah. basket only. Yeah. Cool. What, what is a, what about you? Is there anything you want to add for as far as Mondial Ring? What, um, you know, what you enjoy about it maybe? Yeah, for me. So I came from the confirmation world. I used to show Borzoi. Um, and that can be kind of a brutal um, community. Right. Um, people are there to, they'll cheer you on to your face and then not really um, when you're out in the ring. But uh, for me, it I found that the people in Mondial Ring were awesome. Like they are all rooting for their teammates um and even people that aren't in their club um and then the object guard was definitely the thing that got me i i watched her train her first dog a few times when i was like i will never own a malinois ever mm -hmm. um and I, watching them train the object guard where you give one command and then the handler is gone and the dog has to just like figure it out for themselves um i thought that was really cool and then the defensive handler scenarios being you know different and the dog having to understand when to bite um and when not to bite you know just the control right. aspect of having you know yeah. these like crazy dogs that are just like under your verbal control is just yep awesome to see and experience so got it so if uh if we were talking about picking the right dog for mondial ring mm -hmm. i know you've you've had a couple and you've like had a couple litter i mean well you had one litter now right and yeah. then you raised a couple pups what is something that like if you were to pick a dog for Mondial Ring, what is something that you look for? I would say the biggest thing is environmental stability. So, you know, the the scenarios can be such that it's more of a, can the dog generalize, but also is the dog stable on slick surfaces, loud distractions, you know, gunfire. And it, it's just such a game of the dog has to be aware of what's going on. It can't be a dog that doesn't care about anything because then they're gonna miss things. Right. But they, they have to be a dog that is very confident in itself. Um, and I think that is what makes Mondi Ring a little bit more difficult. The It's not so much, there's decoy pressure, but it's not like French Ring's more about can the dog fight the guy. Right. right? And in, in Mondi Ring, it's really can the dog get through this routine without something startling it, distracting it, um, mm -hmm. you know, making it have some sort of reaction. So it's very cool to test that part of the dog. So. So do you think like dogs like my dog Wapo, I feel like he would really struggle with Mondial Ring just because once he focuses on something, like he can't not see it. And we were talking earlier off camera about the retrieve, how dogs have to think about the retrieve. Like if you if you can't hold the egg from one side, you're going to have to get the little string that's popping out on the other side and, and retrieve yeah. that. And so do you feel that there's a certain type of dog for this sport? that, you know, that is for the sport that doesn't work for, you know what I mean? If that, for example, a dog like my dog that can't perform, how's your dog? Is he pretty crazy? He's absolutely insane. Yes. So do you struggle with that type of stuff? Um, I do, but I feel like Mondial Ring is actually, so some routines I walk into the last routine that we placed first in, I walked into after dog and white. And I said, this is the routine for my dog because it changes the, the order of the exercises change. You know what I mean? Your healing pattern changes where it is and the routine changes. So sometimes you walk in and you go, this 
is not suited for my dog. Got and it. other routines you walk in and you're like, this is everything is placed perfectly. These are all things that my dog will excel at. Right. So, I mean, and I feel like it helps to have a dog that's a teetering a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and monitoring wouldn't be so beneficial in French ring because they're taking points for the stability on your start lines and stuff right. like that. Where monitoring, they're not so um, not so sharp with that kind of stuff. Right. They can teeter a little bit as long as they're not breaking. So I feel like a dog with a little bit of a little bit of crazy is, is beneficial. Okay. Not too much. Like my dog's a detriment to himself. Right. A lot. Um, and you uh, off camera, we're talking about a retrieve, right? That you uh, ended up just giving the points away because you didn't want him to go through with that retrieve item? Yeah, so it was a um, Jolly Egg. They're solid plastic. They're mm-hmm. not squishable at all with a wooden dowel coming out of it, probably like two or three feet of wooden dowel. And I get really afraid that he he doesn't really think, so he'll just go snatch. And if he grabs the wrong side of it or you know the shorter part that was sticking out of the other end, he's just going to jam it down his throat or he's going to stab me with it on the return because he yeah. returns kind of brutally, which is something that I've let him do for self-rewarding. Right. Um, because he finds that really enjoyable and I can't really <laughs> reward him in mm-hmm. a trial. And so. they won't take points away in um, monitoring, do they? They do. So okay. some judges do. Um, I lost a general lore point for that on the return for my little woods. Got it. For the brutal return. Because he shoved it right into you. Got it. Is, yeah. So that one I picked up. And I put back down because I was afraid of injuring the dog. And he's obviously the most important part. So For sure. A thousand percent. Uh, Shayna, why don't we talk a little bit about maybe start off with the, with the training. What are some of the things that you focus on when you get a puppy? And then uh, and we'll go down the line. What, what you did with your dog. and It's been an interesting transition. So you met my German Shepherd before she passed yeah. away. She was a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when I got her... 12 years ago, you know, it was very common in, in Schutzen that it was like, don't put control on your puppy when they're young um, because you'll squash their drive. And what I found pretty quickly in my dog career was if it's a really good dog, that's not a huge issue. Right. Um, you know, you should have a dog that can be a good pet and be respectful and stuff like that and still have the drive to go, in my opinion. So with Adam, I may have gone too far on the control element. Mm. I didn't let him really be as much of a criminal as I could have when he was younger. And I think that bit me in some ways. Um, so Flinka, you know, I, I let be a little bit more crazy. And now with my puppy, I mean, it's it's so different. You know, Flinka was doing holds and stuff at 12 weeks old. My puppy's 14 weeks old. She's done barely anything. Right? I, I work on engagement and just letting her explore the world and take food and stuff like that. And I've worked on tiny, tiny bits of stability, but mainly like I'm not even doing bite work with her yet at 14 weeks old. Right. Whereas before it was, you know, yeah, object as much guard. as I could. Yeah, object as much as I could get him out there. So. Weeks. Yeah, I, I don't know that I've found my perfect system, but, you know, my my ideal system in general is a dog that's drivey and powerful but has very clean, precise things, and I think it's it's just a hard balance to have. A thousand percent, yep. yeah. What about you, Kayla? Um, so with my first dog, I, t- I tell people this often, I don't even remember him really as a puppy. Like, I got him at eight or nine weeks, um, and was told he was just kind of like a bump on a log. He didn't really have a personality or anything. And then he like turned on like immediately for me, but he was also a very mature dog. So like we would do something, he'd be like, okay, got it. And then, so I don't remember like my process with him that well because it was just a breeze. My second dog is a badger uh, daughter and she's definitely more, um, wound spun up (laughs) um and she requires a lot of very clear communication um which with melee i was able to kind of fumble around a little bit i didn't know what i was doing either like i was just like so you you say he's uh melee was a little more forgiving yes oh very very much so and he he would figure it out even if i didn't know what i was trying to teach him he's like okay yeah i know what i'm supposed to do and um with calamity she is very much a um if she gets frustrated or doesn't understand what you're asking she gets she spins and gets a little like frantic um so i've had to learn now um how to communicate quickly and clearly with her um, in order to have a good training session, um, which is great. She's got a lot of um, 
of she loves doing the bite work and things like that. She doesn't have a lot of impulse control. So working on that kind of stuff with her, um, my ideal dog would be somewhere in between both of them, um, where they, you know, better grips like Calamity has, um, more drive like Calamity has, but more obedience like Melee has. So hopefully with this litter, that's what we get. get. Um, and you know, as I handle different types of dogs, I feel like I will, be a better handler right. for the next dog as we go. Um, cause I'm learning every day with, with them, like how to train things. I've trained vastly differently with both of these dogs. I also have different training directors too, that have like Got had it. input. So, um, but I've figured out how to do it myself now, as opposed to just someone being like, this is what you do. And I'm like, okay. And then I do that. Right. <laughs> and now I can be more creative with it. Cause I know why I'm doing this. Like I figured out like, this is why we do it this way. And so now I can branch out and do things and try things a little bit more. Very cool. Jess. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. My ideal puppy is, I think it's my dog with a tiny bit more impulse control. You know what I mean? So do you think that that's something that uh, you could have done differently while raising him in the beginning? Or you think naturally that's just what he was going to be. So um, at eight weeks old, he the he was actually just a little under eight weeks old when I went to pick him up. So Todd flew him from Utah for me. Um, he bit Todd's girlfriend, wife, Carrie, um, before, you know, mm-hmm. as they were picking him up. I picked up this little puppy and I had to go to work and I set him down. He was only like seven pounds. He came after me four times, four times, Got it. seven weeks old, seven pounds. Like, like, a, like, like a grown dog. Like, confident. like aggressively? Oh, yeah. Got like it. he wanted to hurt me. Um, and I'm like, oh man, like this is my second Malinois ever. And, uh, and we got through that. Okay. And I think that I, you know, that's really cool to see. And it's really cool that we figured that part of our relationship out too. There are just things that he's detrimental to himself. You know what I mean? And the puppy, like he's not paying attention to the environment very much. Nothing really bothers him. A lot of the dogs, they had water dumping on their head Mm -hmm. from, the defense in our at nationals and they were backing up or scooting away. And he just looks up and he's like, thanks for the drink, you know? Um, and that stuff to me is really cool to see. I just need 20% less. Got it. I think. Um, but there's a lot of really cool stuff about that. The dog that doesn't think in Mondial ring and other sports, it would IGP, obviously mm-hmm. I would never get anywhere or, you know, what I mean? <sighs> French ring. I probably wouldn't get anywhere cause all my points would be gone, <laughs> um, from start lines and rocking and <laughs> all of that. But the not thinking about what he's grabbing or picking up and yeah, you know what I mean? I like a sharper dog and, and he definitely is like outside of the work. He's even a little sharp. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just really difficult. So big gas tank, I think, is a is a big thing. Mm-hmm. They got to last the what is it forty five minutes? Yep. yep. And and want to go again? You know what I mean? And then he stands on the sidelines and he's like, "I'm not done. I'm got not it. done with you." So I think I like a big gas tank. I like a dog that is not like completely clear. I think it would be more frustrating for me for a dog that I had to like baby through something yeah. as opposed to like try to rein in. That would be my sure. ideal dog. Um, but no, in the beginning, we quit doing food work with him at about four months old. He was lucky if he got a kibble. What, uh, just because he was that He was crazy. just already wound. So we did a bite work session with him eight or nine weeks. And Todd looks at me and goes, great dog. Don't know if you'll ever hit the field. So, I mean, and we did, and I'm very proud of it. Yeah. But I, I like it. To me, It's mm-hmm. I don't have to beg my dog to do anything. But I just need a little bit less so it's not so detrimental got it. to the point. And uh, so how old is he? He's five now. Got it. Yeah, I guess I was just asking because, like, with, like, I, I, and I mentioned it a couple of times on the podcast, but with Wapo, it was always like, go, 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 go. Yes, 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 yes. So it was a lot of yeses and yeah. not enough like goods and just yep. room to like room service to the dog. More and chill. so I, yeah. And I feel like, uh, I wish I would have spent more time on that. Like maybe did an exercise and then you just lay down for 15 minutes and just hang out and then go on to like, you know what I'm saying? And obviously with some dogs, you it's going to be a lot harder to do than with others. But I just feel like if I would have equipped him with that skill at a young age, I feel like I would have had a better dog and more long lasting dog moving forward maybe that's, <laughs> maybe that's maybe. more what i'm focusing on now in my obedience programs is like being very very clear cut so you can be explosive when you're allowed but when i'm feeding you like you can't even 
move forward. Got right? it. Like you're, you're standing completely still. If you want this food, you lean forward, it's going away. Right. right. So I, I am playing a lot with that level of, if, if I make sure in every single exercise that I'm really, really clear that this is what I expect of you, right? Mm-hmm. You don't get the food unless you're sitting completely still, right? My markers are very good. I'm doing a lot of stability. And then I can also go back and, and break rules, right? Like it's like never reward a stability exercise with a toy unless mm. your criteria is black and white, right? Then you can have more fun and be like, oh, if you do this, you know, positions, yeah. right? Or something I'm freaky about. But if you do this super nice thing where you don't move your feet at all, then I'm going to chuck a toy at you. Right. <laughs> right. Whereas now what if, what if, uh, I mean, what about the skill of like, uh, I maybe chuck the toy at you play, get you to like a very high arousal level. And, and then, then you got to dip down into like relax and be very stable. And yeah. then, which is stuff again. that now at three and a half I'm playing with. Like I yeah. put up a video of like, I did a spin and a bark and hold and then positions, right. Yeah. Don't move your feet. Um, going back and forth from that, like really high level to, yeah. Clean. Yeah. And, and like something that I, I spoke to, uh, I, like Forrest and I, we, we used to talk a little bit about this type of stuff. Like he would say, I think I'm more interested in teaching skills over behaviors. Like yeah. I don't care about, you know, sit down, stand. I'd rather see if the dog could maybe switch from toy to food back to, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that type of stuff, like the skills are more important than the actual behaviors. If you, you know, cause if you have the right skills and the dog knows how to manage himself a little bit, then you could teach a lot better. So yeah, that's why I was wondering if with your dog, cause I feel like with my dog, I kind of, it was always like, go, go, go. And he's just crazy. Well, I yeah. think there's a detriment to being too clear too. I think there is a huge downside to the, the dog that wins is the dog that does good enough in everything, right? It's not necessarily the one that's super, super clean in Mondia ring. So if my dog gets in her head because she's thinking too much about right. how clean she has to be, Right. But Badger goes out there and does everything good enough, but I blew two exercises, he's going right. to win. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's one of those things that I'm just geeky about obedience because I have a lot of up and coming teams working under me and I'm mm-hmm. coaching them and I'm teaching them these things. So I, I have to focus on that because that's what I'm selling. Right. right? But is it the best long-term strategy for competition? We'll see. I don't, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Um, you got anything to add right now? Oh no. I've, you know, it, like I said, I quit doing, I quit doing a lot of explosive stuff with my dog around four months old. And so that's what I, that's what you were saying then. Like you stopped. Uh, yeah. We, we still like the food stuff has to stop. You maybe get a kibble. Um, you get a pet, like even during training, he doesn't get a lot of rewards. He'll spit food out on the ground. He doesn't want it. I could pick up a leaf and give it to him and he would lose his mind over it. So they're just, yeah, that, that's, just different that's kinds of maybe. different. So his obedience, he's way, way worse than his obedience. And he starts getting clearer in the bite work because he wants. He knows what he has to do in order to get that bite. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. So it's a, it's just fascinating for that. Like you see these dogs that are just perfect the whole time, you know what I mean? And then super explosive in the bite work or dogs that are a little bit timid in the obedience and then explode in the bite work. Dogs that explode through the whole thing. Yeah. Now let, let me ask you this. So. I mean, back when, uh, like when I was doing like the, I was decoined for French ring and Mondial ring, and then I was getting into IGP. I really, I didn't like the way the obedience was say not so much in, in Mondial ring, because I feel like Mondial ring brought good, like Michael Ellis really created a shift in dog training. And so I feel like a lot of the people that were doing Mondial ring at the time were like following kind of like what Michael was doing. So their obedience was kind of on point, but like the French ring is a uh, very, like the dogs look shut down the whole time. However, a dog that is like in IGP focus healing the whole time is not going to last in yeah. French ring. He's going to get destroyed because it's just not going to last. He doesn't have that much in the tank. So um, when it comes to the obedience side of it in Mondial ring, like how do you keep that like composure and like keeping the dog kind of like at a good level so that he lasts that long? Do you feel that there's a uh, there's de- detrimental to do like you know, focused healing and that type of stuff? I think it's so dependent on the dog. So Adam is a very obedient dog, um, but he's also so collected. He's never going to break a start line. He doesn't even look like he wants to be there half the time. He's just laying so calmly, right? He wants to be there, but you know, he's not, he's not bucking. He's not whining. He's not external at all. 
So, I mean, he sits on his object guard. They come in, he bites, he goes back to his object. So he has no problem maintaining a 45-minute routine with a focused heel because he's like, I'm here, I'm biting, I come back. Right. He's not wasting energy. Uh, my little female is very external. I mean, she's clear. Her obedience is very clean, but she's vibrating the whole time. Right. And so for her, it's it's going to be a bigger issue to expect her. So like with that dog, because she's so obedient from, you know, her, her genetics, right? They're just very clear-headed, obedient mm-hmm. dogs. I'm letting her be a little bit free in other places and not expecting her to hold to that criteria. So Interesting. Kayla, you and, want anything to add? Um, like, for instance, my dog, Melee, he, his obedience typically, not at nationals, but typically looks pretty good. He's very cool, calm, and collected through that. And then, But he is a very obedient dog as well. So we struggle with our defenses because if he doesn't think that he heard or saw the hit – he will just not bite because he doesn't want to be wrong. So, um, you know, he struggles a little bit there. And ideally, he would be, I I would take him being a little more loose in the obedience if I could get him to bite consistently in the defenses and not think so much and be so in his head. Um, Because, again, he doesn't like to be wrong. He doesn't. Um, he did this weekend with the Little Woods um, exercise, which is where you sent a Little Wood. I know they might explain know. it. Explain yeah. it. Yeah. So the Little Woods exercise is a scent discrimination exercise um, where the um, handler gets five seconds to scent a wooden dowel, and then you put it in your pocket. And then whenever that exercise comes up, um, it could be any point throughout the program. The judge creates the program. It's not a set. Um, you know, order or anything. Um, you have to then walk the little wood out 30 paces, 30. Um, and at nationals, it was, we had to drop it over a wall into like a corral essentially where there was one little opening in the back of it for the dog to go in and find your little wood and you can't re-scent it or anything. You just, you have to. Holy shit. Yeah. It was difficult. (laughs) Um, you have to take it out of your pocket throw it over this wall, walk back, and then they put blanks that don't have your scent on them. Um, and he went in the first time. He grabbed the wrong little wood and started to return to me, and he, like, you could see his thought process. He was like, this is not right. So you don't have a cue there to no, let them know that he didn't nope, get No it. cue, nothing. I just stood there, like, terrified because I didn't know if it was the right one or not. I'm just looking at you because I'm like, you train with Todd. I'm like, yeah. I know he thought about this. Not for that one. Got not it. for that. Um, but he like, li- like I could see his brain. He was like, this doesn't seem right. And he turned around, went back, dropped that little wood, got the right circled one. a few times, got the right one, but then decided he was so happy that he got the right one. He did a victory lap around me and, and we timed out. Dang. But like, that type of thing. He's very thoughtful. So he was like, I know this isn't right. And without me doing anything, I'm just standing there. He's like, nope, I know this is wrong. And um, turned around and put it back down and picked up the right one. And but so, you timed out. Yep, but we timed out. But it would have been impressive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's pretty. It. I mean, that's pretty awesome just to yeah. think of like, yeah, he figured it out and went yeah. back. And that's him. Like, he's just very thoughtful. But then in the defense, you know, he's constantly like i don't know if i should do like, he didn't hear the hit or he didn't hear the hit because they had an air horn go as well and so like the guy came up from behind me and he was looking up at me and didn't see the guy Dang. so um unfortunately he didn't get that um and so that's where we struggle with him now with my girl she hasn't trialed or anything yet but she will lose a lot of points in the obedience um because her impulse control is not great um and she's just fast and like I just want to be done with this and, and she Got knows it. the bite works coming so um but she will probably do very well in her defenses because she's constantly like on yeah like let's do this mm. so it's just interesting to see the different yeah you know dogs and how they process those things and you know again it's just something we have to work through where hopefully it, our defenses will always be hit or miss it's right. just how it's going to be um and I know that with him and I know that probably with my with her, I won't have that issue. But will she ever get a little woods? Who knows? Right. Mm, <laughs> interesting. So you can you talk about like cues and stuff, or you'd rather not? I would rather not. Got it. But I, I will give you on some. on camera. Okay. Off camera. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely be asking you off camera. If you're not like so in Mondial Ring, you can give cues 
uh, before the exercise, you can give a certain cue, right? You, you can, can prep your dog. You, prep. you so can prep your you dog. Have, you have a prep line where you're essentially letting the dog know what you're doing. Hey, Little Woods, Little Woods, or fleas, you know what I mean? And there's little things that you... You could do there. You're you're allowed to do there. Once you get to departure, no, yeah. you're done. Oscar yeah, during... Huh? Oscar had a good cue for roping. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> I just touched my hat. Yeah. Well, so actually, our... Um, one of the most talented trainers, and she's an awesome person, um, lost the championship at level three because she pulled up her pants. I mean, in this guy, like, it's really? such she a was tragedy. Sagging? Yeah, yeah, under the vest, it happens. And good thing, like, you know what I mean? Everybody else was tucking their shirts in and tightening their drawstrings after. So she's like, they called oh, it. Oh, she did, yeah. She was in a blind a and she pulled up her pants and inside they the blind? It, yeah. They're, they've gotten very particular. So like with the little one in particular, you know, it used to be that people would have some sort of cue that means you didn't get it correct because there's somebody. Yeah, you could, or you could just you. look yeah. down. Right. But yep. they, they've stopped doing that. So now a lot of the judges are saying, I don't want you to thumbs up or thumbs down. The competitor is going to show us whether or not it's correct. Yes. So Got as it. the dog's bringing it back, unless you happen to see it, you're not going to know if it's the right one. Mm, um, interesting. Yeah, I don't cue just because I'm terrified of everything, right? Got it. I've, I've gone yeah, through I, enough of, you know, oh, I know she's it, cheating, so yeah, I Yeah, in the I defenses, I know, like, like a lot of people cue, they'll, like, blow or they'll do something. Mm-hmm. I, I'll ask you for your cues later just so <laughs> I can have them. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just obvious to me that when the dog's focus healing the whole time until five seconds before the hit is going to come, obviously, there's a cue. Well, sometimes, I don't know what the dogs pick up, but, like, I choke, and I've never actually, I, you don't give the cue. I choke. No, I'm too nervous. So I'm good thing that I have a good dog and I don't know what it is. Maybe my eyes twitching. I don't, you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? I don't know, but I always panic and choke, but you know, the dogs are primarily taught to just taught bite. to be by your side, sit when you stop and pay attention. But I feel like some of these veteran dogs, these five, six, seven year old dogs, like they just know. Right. You know what I mean? They've seen so many defense scenarios, these decoys doing things and like, oh, yeah, this isn't it. You know what I mean? Or like, I know that guy behind that thing or I saw the guy behind the tarp and it's not going to be him. Like, I feel like they really. Yeah. They 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 really start to get the the pictures. A thousand percent. Hmm. So uh, why don't we talk a little bit about the defense, whoever, whoever one of you guys wants to explain it, the the defensive handler, because I know for the people out there that. Uh, so just so they could understand a little bit more about the sport and how it goes. Um, wants to go. I, I can if you want. So All the right. defense is one of um, our stronger is one of our stronger bite work exercises. Um, I think because it's active, you know what I mean? And so it can be anything. All pretty much all the props are in. Um, you know, and it's like decoys hitting each other, each other like for their defense they had to punch this you know air-filled man right and the decoys are standing next to you so there's still the sound of the hit now let me ask you this did they tell you where you have to stand yes. when you punch Very yes yeah. so the judges most of them are really particular about exactly where you need to be and where you need to stand so um, a defense in our last trial in Pennsylvania got a lot of people because you they tell you whether or not to move on the horn too so you you get to your departure line and they horn and they're like you must move if you don't the exercise is over double horn you're done and so, then sometimes they'll tell you you have to wait until the decoy sometimes you. you have to wait for the decoy sometimes you have to move to this particular spot and pick something up right after the departure line so most of them i feel like are really particular about what you need to do um fortunately for me, why I feel like it's one of the stronger exercises is because we have a ton of decoys in the area that we work with regularly. So there's three or four people in a suit a couple times a week where I am, you know what right. I mean? So they can make it, you know, really explosive or sometimes they make it very dull because that tends to get hard for the dogs too, right. where it's like a very passive or one person is very passive and somebody else is very active or they both. learn very fast, right? Like if he's very being very, you know, aggressive or whatever, and the other guy's passive is probably going to be a bite on the passive decoy. Yes. Got it. So, I mean, but then that's not always the case. So always being able to switch that up with, you know, multiple really talented mm-hmm. decoys is really beneficial for us. So, um, this last trial in Pennsylvania, 
you had to move on the horn, walk and sit in between the judge and the deputy judge. And then you all stand up together and they smush your dog in trying to peel your dog away. Um, and you had to stand there. You weren't allowed to move. So they're encouraging you to come. They're like, hey, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. But your instructions and dog and white were to stand. So they got up and started moving. You know what I mean? Yeah. You had to stay. And the dogs, half the dogs, I would say, moved with the judge and deputy judge. Really? Yeah. So I mean, a couple times. and, and yeah. I think that's like the difficult part about like monitoring, like who the hell thinks about this stuff. And <laughs> before the trial, like, how are we getting trained for this? Like now that you saw it, obviously you'll go back and work it again and just to make sure, yeah. but it's always going to change. There's yep. always going to be that. That's why I think it's like, it's almost like they're tricking you like all yeah. the time. They yeah. want, yeah, that's the whole, that's the whole goal. I mean, like, and then so air horns, gunfire, you know what I mean? Gunfire and then somebody coming out like this, but they're not hitting you. Right. And then somebody else sneaks in from somewhere or they're behind a tarp. So all of a sudden the tarp gets dropped and maybe that'll happen three times and the fourth one is a hit. You know right. what I mean? Or maybe the first time. So you never know. And you that's change it up. It's it's what I love, but also what I hate. Mm -hmm. Right. It's one of those things where sometimes I'm like, is this really the spirit of the exercise? Right. Like. Or do we sometimes get to a point where it's like, okay, I don't actually know what you're trying to prove here with the dog. Or are we just trying to pull one over? Right. So yeah. It, there's a balance, I think, where there are some things that I'm like, I'm yeah. pretty sure just like decoys, like, you know, how, like with judges, it's kind of like, I made that exercise. Like I created that. Yeah. I yeah. created that problem that nobody passed. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like, I do feel like they, they might feel a little bit yeah. like that sometimes a well, little bit of ego. It's cool to show a dog can do something one time and, and get through it. But I'm like, okay, you're doing the same crazy thing five times in the defense. Like at what point did you prove? What you're trying right. To prove, right. So it's, it's one of those things that I, I love it, but I'm also like, ah, like, you know, my, my dog has a defense. What he doesn't have is a circus act. Occasionally, right. Right. Like it, it gets a little bit, crazy sometimes or you know the retrieve it's like at what point is that retrieve no longer <laughs> retrieve uh, <laughs> so. yeah that's 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 tough and what was the harder part for me is that if you don't have a field a mondial ring field it's like you can't just like train out a park because I mean, there's no way you could carry all the yeah, trash that. that you need to take over there. Yeah, you I, could if you go like, like a like at a Todd's place, he has like a little fort of made out of tires and stuff. And yeah, he probably already added a couple villages to it. But uh, we rearrange a lot. <laughs> um, uh, but I don't. That's the that's the part I kind of love the most. You know because what I mean? Because it's not your house. Well, no, not the, not the, not the stuff, but the changing. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I like some trials, um, the one that made me the most nervous was um you had to climb on your hands and knees like you had to drop and crawl on your hands and knees on the ground with with the decoy in your face and in the dog's face that makes me really uncomfortable and i'm right. like i don't think i've ever crawled with my dog's face in a decoy's face before but here we Man, go mm -hmm. that is crazy all right so before we head out why don't we i do want to talk a little bit about maybe uh, a couple, maybe two exercises. We'll pick two exercises and one of you, one each, and we could just, or three, one each, and then we could just talk about how you teach it, maybe. Um, so for you, I would probably say positions because <laughs> I know you enjoy positions. Send away. Sure. Send away. What's another one? Um, <laughs> we'll talk about what's one of your favorite exercises. Obedience wise, yeah. um, Littlewood. Littlewoods. Probably. All right. So we're so those are the three exercises, and if you could break it down in a way that the listener could kind of go, oh, okay, I could teach this maybe this way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. For uh, sure. So let's start with you, Shane. Okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm known for precision positions, even though I haven't really accomplished it in trial yet. It's really good outside the trial. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so, you know, at this point, what, what I've worked Wait, on. Wait, hold up on that note. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, like, what is it about like in training compared to like what changes in training compared to like competition that it doesn't Me. translate the same? <laughs> the do you think it's yes. just the way you're yeah. feeling? Yeah. No. So, I mean, at, at nationals, two days ago is a really good example of I got out on the trial field and I do have little things that I do differently exercise to exercise because you can do that in Mondio ring. So in all of my stationary exercises, I tell my dog lay down, uh -huh. right? I tell her couche in positions. What did I say at nationals? Lay down. Lay down. 
right. So you gave her the wrong cue. I gave her the wrong cue. Ah. Then no, I and, and they won't the knock you for spot. that. You no. can literally say couche or lay down. Yep. Correct. In in monitoring, you can use whatever word you want. But then I told my dog basically my absence cue. I walked over. I went to the wrong spot. I told her to stand. The judge went, no, 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 no. My dog didn't stand anyway. She's like, you're not where you're supposed to be, right? So nerves are a huge Got it. thing. Interesting. And, I mean, I'm, I'm in the absence blind, and I'm like, nothing bad is happening. Everything's okay. My heart's going 100 miles an hour. I'm like, we're doing a downstay. Nothing bad is happening. <laughs> yeah. but, you we'll know, we'll go back to trial nerves after. <laughs> oh, after. Let's, let's talk yeah. about the positions, then we'll go back to that. Yeah. So... You know, I've lost positions with my my ring three dog where they say he moves half a meter. I look back. I'm like, he didn't move. Right. He maybe he maybe took a step forward in the stand and then he went back in the down. But ultimately, he stayed in the same spot. But I still lose points for moving. So with this dog, I went, OK, we're going to teach positions in a way, um, a la David Broderick, that the, the dog is not going to move their front feet at all. So mm -hmm. sit down and stand very, very clear, not moving at all. Um, I get a lot of people that see those videos and they reach out and they're like, how do you do it? And then they're really disappointed in the answer because <laughs> I'm, I'm just very boring, right? I teach my puppies from a very young age that you don't get the food if you move at all. When I'm doing my touch pad, you're not allowed to pitter patter, right? You don't lean forward. Closed hand means you can't have it. Open hand means you can. So I'm just, it's, it's basically two years of luring and very slowly getting distance and, and putting words to it when it's good, right? Doing down to stand and down mm. to stand a million times. Um, and then eventually getting to sit to down, right? Cause that's the hardest one. They have to go sit, stand down. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and just being really clear, not only when I'm teaching positions, but throughout the entire training session mm -hmm. that this is my, this is my criteria. You do not get the food. So, so in the beginning you focus on just teaching them to put their paws on some type of I, target. I actually don't use a target at all for positions, right? Really? But, correct. It's, it's all luring. So I, I usually start with teaching a stands day. So I do engagement. I spin my puppy in a circle. I block them with my hand. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I just make them stand there. And they're not allowed to move. They don't pitter-patter. They don't lean forward. I reward it. I reward it. I reward it. I get my puppy at four months old. She's standing still for 30 seconds without moving at all. Then I slowly change positions, right? If the feet move at all, I pull her back up, right? And I just work on luring to the point of if you move at all, you don't continue on. I pay for your feet sitting still until I eventually get you in a down. And then I pay that down for 30 to 60 seconds, right? No moving forward, no raising elbows. Then I'll slowly put you back into a stand. If you move your feet at all, you're back in a down, right? It. So it's, it's so boring, <laughs> but I have a lot of people that have come to me to learn this and now they're doing it with their dogs. I've got some nice. Dobermans and some Pitbulls and some Malinois and the whole thing um, that are like, okay, like they understand now it makes them a better dog trainer because they're, they're seeing the small, tiny things that they're you doing. You have to be patient. It's super patient. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's fun. Cool. So then, uh, so you lure for like three years, two yeah. years, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, uh -huh. and then you start creating distance at some point. Yep. With the ones they're good at. Right. So I'll, I'll, once they're standing still for a long time, I'll take a step away, come in reward. Right. Then I'll give my verbal and help them right away. So just Got like it. teaching a verbal on anything else, you don't do it till it's beautiful. Um, you know, and I don't start to name it until I'm like hundred percent. I can get them to pop up the correct way when with I do a, it. with a type of lure or something. Yep, yep. And then I turn that lure into a body cue, right? So if I if I'm luring you to a stand, now can I just kind of step forward? Um, you know, can I get it on my knee moving stuff like that? So it's it's just slow. It's very very Got slow. It. But I hate fading out props now. I'll never use a really? positions boxer. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Cool. Little wood. All right. So the little wood exercise, like the foundational stuff of it is teaching your dog a front and also allowing you to touch their face. Like teach. All right. Let's go back to, yeah. because just so they could understand little wood is oh, basically yeah. an exercise where you go set out a little piece of wood that you have in your best mm -hmm. and at 30 paces away you send your dog and your dog's supposed to find the right one when they lay a bunch of different ones mm -hmm. the scenario could be different so it's basically a retrieve uh, exercise of your item all right so for all you guys listening that's what it is go yes. for it and the retrieve this is also how we do foundationally the retrieve you do the little woods and the retrieve kind of at the same time so basically they also can't chew like you 
lose points for chewing. So you're trying to teach them a calm grip on that little wood. So initially though, you're just teaching them to allow you to hold their muzzle. muzzle essentially. Um, and then, um, once they're calmly allowing that and will offer it to you, um, you want to see if you can take a step back and have them follow into you and things like that. So you want to be able to move them around and have them still like come to front and be right there with you. Once they're doing that really well, um, you can add (laughs) with melee. I literally put my finger in his mouth and like hold for the whole, yes. And then you reward, um, with, I did food, uh, a toy would be too much, I think. They would get the dogs too amped, so you don't want them to be, like, crazy about this. Um, and then eventually I did use a toy, but initially it's just a little piece of kibble, good. And then once he's doing that and you can lead him around with him holding your finger, then you introduce the wooden dowel. And um, there are a couple ways to do it. Um, you can do, like, a force fetch where you put pressure, leash pressure on if they mm-hmm. won't hold it until they take it and then release with um, a treat. Um, I did that with him a little bit, but, again, he was just like, he's like, okay, I'll hold this. That's fine. He got it pretty yeah. fast. With Calamity, I definitely have to do a lot more force-fetching um, stuff with her and leash pressure on, leash pressure off. She's getting it now, but we're kind of at that stage where she has to try to move forward and not drop the dowel and got stuff it. like that. Um, and then once they're doing that, and it's all very close, um, once they're doing that, then you can kind of go and, like, hide your I do like I hide my little wood like in my living room or something and I tell them to go find it it. um so they have to like scent for it like initially it'll be out in the open and then I'll put it like under a pillow or something or amongst some toys Mm -hmm. or something like that and they have to get the little wood um and bring it to me um eventually you just create that distance and that routine where you have to go 30 paces out drop that little wood and initially I did it with just that wood like no other wooden dowels out there, just that wood. So he knew he had to go out that far. Got it. Um, and then now, um, you know, when we're practicing and things like that, we have um, plant hanging chains, which we have now put wooden dowels on and you can lay those out. And so if your dog picks up the wrong little wood there, you can tell from far away. So Got it. you can be like, Hey, no, no, no wrong one. Or however you want to mm-hmm. do that. So, cause obviously they're going to bring a whole chain of little woods with them. And then you can, um, cue your dog if you want, if you have the right one or not, um, in whatever way you choose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, um, and then, yeah. Uh, and then it's just consistency cool. and then trying it in, harder places so like in competition they technically can't have it like buried in something it has to be you know somewhat visible somewhat visible um but i've seen it at trial where if a dog were to accidentally nose it into something they're not gonna be able to grab it so like you have to train for those scenarios too like what does your dog do in that situation they have to like fight a little bit for it here and there um so you put it under like wedge it into a tire or you know put it underneath something or something like that Got it. yeah that's a fun exercise yeah i, I really, really i do like that enjoy that well. it's funny i start it so backwards i don't do the hold first i just like let my puppy yeah i like, grab, grab them, the I them i hide it right i spin them in a circle they go find it yeah. right i don't worry about the hold till yeah everyone does it later. Different. yeah mm-hmm. yeah i think uh i mean yeah and i think it depends on the dog like if, uh, if you could create love for just bringing back that one dowel, then later you could bring in the the front, the front and yeah. all that. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, everybody has different styles yep. of teaching. And I think it depends on the dog too, yep. in that sense. Like, yeah, for sure. Send away. I hate the send away. <laughs> um, but everybody hates right. the send- I everybody hate it. Would you rather talk away. about something? No, another? no, okay. I wouldn't because I feel like even though I don't really love it, I feel like it's a really good place to see like what kind of dog you have. Like how motivated is this this dog? Like, are you, you're just going to run in a line as fast as you can for what, you know what I mean? For a touch pad or for a toy. And there's a lot of different ways people do like a perch style. You know what I mean? Teach the dog to like put feet up on a fence. Um, I feel like we saw a little bit of downfall of that at the New Jersey nationals where dogs were touching the back of the palisade because it was made of wood. You know what Mm. I mean? That was the first thing that they saw. Um, so you know, people do it different. They put the toy in the grass, they put the toy in the fence, they'll put a touch bucket down there. Um, but the biggest thing for me, and of course this is all from Todd Dunlap, you know, mm-hmm. he's my mentor. Yeah. 
If you guys haven't heard of Todd Dunlap, look that guy up. He's like a scientist. Yeah, you need to. (laughs) You won't find anything. You you probably won't find much on him online, but (laughs) go visit him if you can. Go visit him if you can. Um, By design, but uh, the guy is just a genius and such a good human and a good friend and so dedicated to all of us there. But so the biggest thing is, you know, the motivation for the dog just to go straight. Like, they don't want you zigzagging or, mm-hmm. or spinning. bowing or spinning or anything. So there's a lot of times that we'll create kind of a, like a raised platform. And it just starts with little babies on a flat collar um, and a little bit of pressure, like drag, 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 drop some food into a bowl on a little bit of a raised platform. So the dogs are just focused um, in it. You know what I mean? And then just making sure as you create the distance, some kind of opposition so that they want to just so you create more uh, more does that to keep them straight or to create just more both uh, power uh, power. and just a straight line you know what i mean and then obviously the whistle recall comes into that but those things i feel like are worked really separately and with Mm -hmm. a malinois whistle recall should be it shouldn't be easy peasy yeah yeah that should be cake work but um it's one of the exercises that i find kind of the most pointless but also again is a really good I feel like it gives a really good sense of the dog. Can they still do like a any direction type of deal or does it have to be a certain way? And it in does not way? have to be a certain way. It just has to be a certain distance. So it. Um, it could be so like it can't know. be diagonal. Though, it can't be. Yeah, it has, okay. it has to be towards a fence like it has to be towards a flat, a flat portion of the fence. But like we did it, you know, whether it was north or whatever, but we could have turned around and done it the other way or right you just got to make them a believer that there's going to be something going to be something down there for you but the other but the tricky part is is with the dogs that you're using some sort of reinforcer at the fence you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like a tug or food um is to get them to not be searching for it after the whistle like oh no i need to bring something back the routine is to always bring something back yeah i think it's just one of the biggest things is making sure that every once in a while you throw something in there to be like hey like when i whistle you have yeah like you have to come back with as much gusto as you went down right so in in mondial ring they basically you tell the dog he's supposed to give him a cue and then you set up, and then you're supposed to tell the dog to run straight in a straight line. And you pray. And at some point, he's going to cross some type of... Yeah, there are markers. There are um, two, like, inside markers uh-huh. and then outside markers. So yeah. the dogs ideally run in the center in between the inside markers. Um, as soon as they cross those, some judges um, will give you a horn when they cross them, and you whistle and they come back. Or you, as soon as you see them cross the markers, you whistle for the dog to so, come back. So in the beginning, you just start with the markers already there and then the, your little perch item that you have I in the center? St- I like to start with something. You know what I mean? Some kind of markers. They're likely very insignificant to a puppy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even if it's cones far away. I don't feel like when you're starting it, those are significant, but they may, but they, it becomes helpful later. Right. Um, but if I don't happen to have markers out with a tiny baby puppy, I'm not very worried about it especially it. because a lot of that stuff is started indoors or in a building or and so you know close I mean? they when can't you're, see it anymore. yeah and yeah. they're so i mean the significance maybe for some dogs um for mine i don't yeah probably just bat bite him when he ran past mm-hmm. as a baby so it wasn't very beneficial anyway um but I, it's to me a very silly exercise and it's one that is routinely missed um on different fields just right. because it's it, it's, it's tough. It's, it's very actually tough because yeah, if you have a different field, the dog's never seen. I mean, it's yep. just yeah, sure it's the same thing in IGP or you know what? And, and I I feel like in IGP the biggest thing is what you guys said. Like they don't teach the dog that when I give you that down command, it's because there's gonna be nothing there, and mm-hmm. you got to make a dog the believer of that. Like when if I say down, that means that all other options are off the table. Are off the table, yeah. and you got to so that's what I and and I mean it's training. I think once you get that down, I think it's easy in igp but uh they don't have nearly the distractions that you'll have in a mondial ring field so it's a lot easier yeah, it's on in a IGP. it's yeah. like we finished our healing yeah, and like, or yeah. whatever and yeah i have a clear cue he knows that after our dumbbells we're gonna be walking out that way and i'm gonna make a quick turn and i'm gonna you know Send and i'm gonna cue him yeah so yeah yeah it's really tough we had a um our videographer does 
the videographer for nationals does PSA and she's like, I can't believe that you guys have dogs at the fence line. Oh, you guys had Anna out there, right? Yeah. 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 And she was amazing. Yeah. Um, she's like, this would never Welcome fly. to my world. I was like, welcome <laughs> to our world. We get that free video. <laughs> I'd happily pay her again. Like, yeah. Yeah, just amazing. super happy with the results, but she's like, this would never fly. You know what I mean? At a PSA trial that somebody would be coming after you if you had a dog at the fence line during a routine. And our dogs are but just it's like so much control. There. They're so used yeah. to it's, you it's have just to. Funny. I think you have to with that style. Of, like you got to teach them. Like yo, it's it's not for you. It's not for you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like you go to a French ring trial and it's like you're golf clapping. And you're like, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, are we not allowed. To and and IGP cheer? too, the same thing. <laughs> and uh, and I I think that's uh, I saw a video. Of, I think I've explained it on the podcast before, but I saw a long down in Mondial ring with a guy on a zip line with some symbols behind the dog, and it sucks when you're the first dog. But after that, all everybody had their dogs out watching this They've guy. All heard yeah. It. Yeah, yeah, and they all. So I mean, I do think that there should be somewhat of a rule, especially in that type of event. Like, yo, you can't show your dog what he's gonna see. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, I mean, it's part of the game. Yeah. But anyways. Strategy. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So we talked about those exercises. Um, why don't we talk about a little bit about? Uh, I don't know what you got going on and where people could find you and yeah. What I got going on, we are driving back to Ohio in an RV full yes. of 10 Malinois. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so thinking about my my MR3 dog is semi-retired, thinking about doing a French ring three at the end of the month, um, just to say we did it, I guess. Yeah. Do you see him, uh, how do you see him like deal with pressure, like as far as? Excellent French ring. Um, yeah, I mean, he he's definitely a better French ring dog. And I, like I said, I, I'm not one of those people that thinks one sport is superior. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I have a community in, in Mondeering at this point. I don't have that quite as big in French ring. So for me, it's just, it's, it's just a little bit different to go to a French yeah. ring trial. I'm like, hi, nobody knows who I am. And, and that's cool in some ways, but yeah. it's just a little different. So yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Um, prep my female for the two. So the ones we've done enough at this point. Um, <laughs> so hopefully you're going to trial for the two at July and, uh, yeah, just keep rocking it. Cool. Yeah. Oh, wait um, up. Oh, sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, you want to put your, uh, where, where can they find you as far as like Facebook and all that? Yeah. So Facebook, if you, so I, I do have an online coaching group for obedience. Um, everybody comes for positions. I do teach other things other than positions. And basically the, the group is a paid subscription. I have about 30 something people in it right now. It's 300 for the first year. And then it's about half that, um, for following years. But basically I have write-ups and videos of, of obedience things that can cross train, right? I do some French ring, some AKC, some Mondeering. Um, but for me, the better thing is I was getting my messenger blown up mm-hmm. with people asking, you know, how do you train this and how do you train that? And I was like, you guys, I love you, but I can't do that. Yeah. But more specifically, I let people post their videos of their training nice. and I will give them feedback on how I would change it. So Very cool. it's not all people that follow my system to a T, but I've done enough at this point that if I know what you're training for, what your criteria is, you could add some feedback. feedback. Yeah, nice. exactly. So awesome. You can find me on Facebook as Shana Lynn. Um, cause I don't know how to change my name. Back to my <laughs> last name. <laughs> I'm 52. <laughs> um, so as, as far as what I'm doing next, yeah, what okay. you got going on so, next and then go, um, so Melee and I are going to go for our three, um, in the fall at the Heartland working dog club trial, hopefully. Um, I will be whelping puppies in the next, what is it? Three, two weeks. weeks. Um, so I will be busy with that for a little while. Um, and, uh, but, and hopefully calamity will be done mothering them and be able to compete for her level one, um, also in the fall, but probably more, more likely in the spring. Um, so yeah, that's our plans for cool. the future here. Where can people find you? Um, I am on TikTok. Uh, I don't post that often, but I have a lot of stuff on there. Um, Malazoy23 is my handle. Malawa? Malazoy. So I have Borzoy as well as my other breed of dog. Got it. So um, it's M-A-L-I-Z-O-I-23. Got because it. Because all other 22 were taken. <laughs> I like the number 23. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was my high school volleyball <laughs> and softball number. <laughs> um, and then also on Instagram, that same name. Um, and then on Facebook, I'm Kayla Fields. But I also just literally on this trip started a page um, for my breeding essentially cool. um it's macabre malinois so how do you spell that 
M A C A B R E. Got it. <laughs> like, I don't know. Malinois. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I'm like, oh gosh, Very I can't cool. see it right in front of me. Um, so that'll I'll have updates on there. I'm gonna hopefully post a bunch of content on there of like my dogs videos and pictures and then the puppies as they grow and when they go to their new homes and get updates and stuff like that awesome jess all right um well badger and i are just gonna keep plugging away as long as we can until he loses his mind and probably skip our spring trial and trial in the fall maybe get back to training get back to training yeah train a couple times a week um you don't have to find me on social media if you want to tiktok it's jessica delin and it's d-a-l-i-n so So she's the one that has all that mondial ring content i do have a lot of mondial ring content i've been told it doesn't make sense to most people but i'm just too lazy to make it i think it's fun (laughs) i think it's fun and it's kind of like psa really took off and really took over like social media i I feel like and so i think for people to see mondial ring is pretty cool uh, I wish it was a little more popular. Mm-hmm. Now that I have a field, I think I might want to entertain it a little bit more. Go and back to it. And Do more it. so because I like, you know, in other sports, you don't have the option to actually represent your country. Yep. And in Mondioring, you do. You do, like IGP. So that's yep. one of the reasons why I, you know. But, anyways, and so uh, TikTok and then uh, Instagram, same thing. Um, I have no idea what my Instagram is. I don't really spend a lot of time on my Facebook it's or Instagram. <laughs> so. It's all good. She, she spends her time training. Yeah. Teaching. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you guys, uh, you know, giving us all this Mondial Ring knowledge. And I know everybody out there really appreciates it. So thank you guys. Uh, make sure you guys check us out. Elevated Canine Podcast on all podcasting platforms. And then check uh, my page out. Oscar Mora Canines in TikTok, Instagram. And, uh, yeah, that's it. See you guys on the next one. Thank you. Thank you, Oscar. Let's get it. This that go and get it. With no hesitation. This that never quit.